The Veil Podcast, written by Mildura Living Magazine. Autumn issue out now. And I think the winter issue is almost ready to go to print, which is very exciting. It's been a little while. I've been very busy and unable to get a podcast out. But I love when I get a little nudge, particularly from the local constabulary, saying, Oi, Jade, we need to catch up. Senior Sergeant Long, how are you? I'm fantastic, Jade. How about yourself? Pull the microphone a little bit closer to you so we can actually hear you. Right, yeah. Because what you've got to say is very important. Indeed. <laughs> Indeed. Everything I've got to say is important. It is. And, uh, uh, good afternoon, listeners. So, how are you? Fantastic. It's been a few weeks. It has. I've had a bit of time off in that, that period, and uh, I'm back in the seat and uh, pushing forward. You went camping, didn't you? No, I got COVID and I couldn't oh. get camping in the end. So. Oh, whoops. So uh, a week of my uh, holidays spent in ISO. But anyway. Oh, oh dear. That's life. Yeah, that is. That, well, that is life in 2022 really, isn't it? It is, unfortunately, yes. Um, a lot of police activity around at the moment, around Robinvale, Euston area. It has been indeed. There's been a lot of uh, unsavoury behaviour occurring out on farms. It has indeed, Jade. Unfortunately, we've had a quite the spate of burglaries and thefts of motor vehicles and theft of anything that wasn't nailed down mm. uh, across a lot of the farming areas from um, our New South Wales listeners in Indy Euston, mm. all the way to Boundary Bend, all the way to Lipparoo. Really? It was quite far and wide, the, uh, the spate that we had. Is is the spate over? Is it the same outfit? Give us details because where I live, out in the middle of nowhere, never lock my car, never lock my house. I don't even know where my house keys are. Yeah. But have started because very concerned. Yeah, look, we, uh, we are hoping the spate is over. We've, we've done a lot of work in the background um, culminating in the arrest of three people on Friday. Oh, um, uh, That's yeah. what your text message meant. You'd had some good results. We had some good results, yeah. Great. So, uh, yeah, on Friday uh, or Thursday night, in fact, a, uh, a male from Euston, used to reside in Euston, was arrested in Mildura area, along with a uh, another fellow that used to live in Euston. Mm-hmm. Are they the fellow? Are these the fellows who I'm assuming we have to keep nameless, but that most locals would probably know who we're talking about? Or is this absolutely, Jade? Look, yeah. it, look the reality is that uh, uh, these people are well known to the community for these type of activities. Unfortunately, that's the name they've made for themselves. Mm. So obviously, I can't name them for fear of jeopardising a prosecution. Yep. But the community knows who these people yep. are. Um, and, uh, you know, I'm a professional police officer. Some people have other professions. Mm. Unfortunately, it's not aligned to the community's expectations. Mm. I had heard whispers that it was – that this was this was happening. And when you see cars driving around at night out on places where, you know, they're not through roads and they're not, they're not sealed roads. Absolutely. You get really concerned and you, you know, start letting the dogs out of a night time. You know, I've got two big German shepherds. <laughs> that uh, are very, very protective, particularly of my kids and myself when husband's not home. So, Look, absolutely. I mean, that, that's – unfortunately, um, these these offenders have targeted uh, the farms where they know people don't lock their house. Mm. They don't lock their car – well, they, don't, they have their keys in the car, let alone lock it. So, so they've really targeted these soft targets mm. uh, and just – really created a bit of havoc, to be mm. honest. And, and the community were uh, quite upset 
rightfully so, and, and up in arms, really, mm. about the whole thing, as they should be. Oh, absolutely. I was hearing stories at Spin on six, you know, six o'clock in the morning, people saying we had our ute knocked off last night, or two days ago, my father had his, had his ute stolen, and they've come in and taken keys off tables and things like that. Absolutely. These, these people are... I've honed these skills, I would suggest, over over quite a long period, but they were quite brazen um, and it's quite um, apparent that they knew the area quite well mm. and, and knew what were soft targets and where they were least likely to be disturbed. Mm. So, I mean, even in, in our area, if you're living out the middle of nowhere and you have never had problems before, please start locking your, your house, mm. please lock your vehicles, take your keys out of your vehicle, just make it hard for them if, yeah. if they're going to... Um, steal things, mm. you know, just make it a lot harder mm. because clearly they didn't want to do too much hard work because they took all the easy targets. No, and if they wanted to learn some new skills, might, might I suggest going getting an apprenticeship and learning some new skills there? Well, look, there's a, there's a number of things they could do <laughs> other than what they have been, Jade, so yeah. it's quite unfortunate. It is unfortunate. So now I suppose what people want to know is are we safe again? Look, uh, I'd like to think so. Uh, we've certainly disrupted their activities. Mm. Um, are they in the bin or are they still r- circulating in the community? These are things that I can't I can't comment on. But, right. Uh, um, yeah, that, that's a bit hard, Jade, for me to uh, go into that one. Right. Okay. Are we safe? I hope so. Okay, good. I hope All right. so. If not, one three, what is it, 131444? The lights, the... Don't need lights and sirens. Is that the number? That's the one, yeah, where yeah, right. you want the police but not the sirens. Yeah, that's it. Indeed. Jeez, how good am I remembering that? Well, you had me stumped there for a moment. <laughs> I didn't know what it was. <laughs> I don't have the need to call police very often, as you might imagine. Well, no, but clearly the ads are working. If I can remember that it's 131444. Oh, that's good. Yeah. I'm, I'm glad that's fantastically working. It is. Now, something else that we need to talk about. You've got a little ta- – is that a tattoo on your cheek? It's very becoming. I do, yes, yes. It's uh, – <laughs> It's uh, this Friday is the um, National Walk Safely to School Day. Oh. So that's one of the little tattoos that I'll be uh, at the front of the school giving out to the little kids. Um, um, which school? Are you going to the college or to St Mary's or have you got people scattered around everywhere? No, just me this, this Friday, oh, but it'll okay. be me <coughs> and it'll be at the, uh, at the college. Fantastic, just on Latchy Road there. Yes, yes. Yep. So uh, what, what it's about is um, – Number one, walking, walking rather than driving, all that sort of stuff to school, promoting that healthy lifestyle, and you know those conversations you have on the way, but also making sure that's done in a safe manner and and that kids are road wise, mm. so they understand that, you know, up to the point of ten, I probably should be holding a parent's hand and, and making sure that I I know um, where I'm safe, where I'm not, where I'm going to get run over, all those sorts of things. Mm. Mm. There's not the um, <coughs> like when I was at primary school. Everyone walked or rode to school. Everyone. The bike sheds were full. Absolutely. We don't get that anymore, really, do we? No, no. We've uh, <clears throat> perhaps become a bit of a precious society these days. <laughs> and, and let's face it, some things have happened um, mm. around the world that have made us worry about our children and our children's safety. Yeah. And rightfully so, I Absolutely. guess. But, yeah, it's a real shame. And I suppose we hear a lot more about it. I mean, it's always happened. Indeed. But we hear a lot more about these things these days, don't we? Look, absolutely. And, and it's something that uh, doesn't happen very often. Mm. But when it does, you know, th- that can be really impactful when you think about in that you're in that position and you've got young children. Absolutely. Mm. 
it scares you big time. Oh, yeah, um, for sure. Especially when you listen to my true true crime podcast that I do <laughs> and you think, you know, <laughs> if that was my child, if my child was to go missing between home and school, how much guilt would you have for letting them walk to school? You know, all of that stuff. So you just avoid it in the first place and, and run them to school. Look, absolutely. It's, it's a double-edged mm. sword, but, um, you know, I'd like to think that uh, people are safe in the Robinvale area to mm. to do those things. Yeah. And um, we're certainly around to try and make sure of that. And it's it's one of those things too that, you know, living and talking about the not having to lock your car or not usually having to lock your car, your house, et cetera, et cetera. That's the beauty of living in the country. We are safe, much more safe than we otherwise would be in, in metro areas. And maybe walking to school is a family activity. Everyone walks. Absolutely. I think that that's the key. Mm. It's very much similar to the um, – the evening meal at the table with all the family, you know, it's a good chance to, for the families to connect and mm. have a chat and mm. all those sorts of things and really getting back to those those family values and, mm. and I think that would pay dividends to be honest. Oh, yeah, absolutely. I can remember many conversations sitting around the dinner table as a – I'll say a <laughs> youngster. There was one actually, politics was never – and we'll digress for a second. Politics was just never a thing that was spoken about in my house until I'd turned 18 and there must have been a federal election that year. And I said to my mum, I'm going to vote Greens this election and got a very swift lesson in <laughs> her politics. So that was that was interesting. But, um, yeah, I think, you know, at least chatting to one another as a family, walking to school, Sitting at the dinner table, there are some lessons to be learned and some, yeah, good old-fashioned values. 100%. Yeah. 100%. Now, talking about values and and all the, you know, principles and safety, et cetera, et cetera, you're starting this community. We spoke about this last time you were here. We did. This community policing, neighbourhood policing model. So neighbourhood policing model is a, a, a model that our current Chief Commissioner has brought out which really takes Victoria Police back to basics. Mm. You know, we had, as we were younger, we had policing schools and all those fantastic programs, which, you know, we all remember. We had those interactions and, and things were much better. We were getting the feedback from the community. You know, we were actioning that. It was fantastic. So we're getting back to basics. As part of that, um, I'm setting up a Romvale Safety Committee, if you like, mm. with some of the... Uh, different parties around the community who have that influence and, and are getting that feedback from the community. The idea is working collaboratively to identify the issues we've got here mm. and then collaboratively to find a solution. You know, I won't have the solutions. We can't police our way of everything. But if we have a good round table with some of the stakeholders, mm. we could absolutely come up with a solution. Yeah, and I suppose prevention is better than cure. If we can see something happen before it gets to you guys where you do need lights and sirens – then we have a stand a much better chance of of preventing these things in the first place. I hope, one hundred percent. And mm. you know, it it is a whole raft of things we can look at. You know, um, youth engagement. We can look at road trauma. We can look at a whole range of different things. Mm. If we bring those stakeholders together, not only are we getting the message from them, but we can also deliver the message back through them to the community. Yeah, which is which is really important, and it's one of those things. Um, you know, I was reading through the, the the email that you sent earlier and people that could be identified or that want to get involved in yep. this. There's always a lot of, and you see this on social media all the time, billboards and community notice boards are rife with 
people that like to whinge or complain about certain issues but do not to contribute to the solution, this might be a good chance to help actually actively contribute to some positive outcomes rather than just sit back and... Look, ab- absolutely. Mm. You know, uh, it's one thing to, you know, to, to have your say, but let's, have, let's con- contribute to finding a solution. That's what we really want to do. Um, I won't have the solution to a lot of things or the expertise for some things, mm. but someone on there will or who will know someone that will. Mm. And that's where you really uh, come together and pull all of those resources to get the best outcome for that community group. Mm. It might also be a, a way for different people, members, et cetera, to understand the process and what, what goes on, who's responsible for that. You know, if there's an issue with illegal dumping, is it – is it a police issue? Is it a Parks Victoria issue? Is it a council issue? Absolutely. Great way to learn. And, and look, those lines can be blurred. Mm. And uh, I think what we need to get to the point that is that it's it's really all of our problem. All of us um, can provide part of the solution mm. and certainly that influence to try and change that behaviour, really. Yeah. Well, this sounds like a um, a very, very positive step and can can anyone get involved or do you have to be part of a, an organisation? Can we nominate individuals? How is this going to work? Well, at this stage I've just uh, thrown out to, to a handful of um, stakeholders who I know um, have that influence. It, it really needs to be someone who can not only provide some feedback to me but if, if an issue arises that they've got the ability to really – if it's in their particular area, mm. you know, provide some of that solution or, or make some decisions. So, you know, it needs to be reasonably high level. Yep. But I'll, my door's always open. I'm happy to take um, any of that feedback from the community at any time. I don't want to wait for, for a meeting. Mm. Just, just mate, I'm there every day. Yeah. Ring me up, have a chat, we'll have a coffee. Mm. And let's get uh, let's get the stuff out of the, out in the open and, and see what we can come up with. Fantastic! Well, that's a really good thing. I'm really looking forward to to being involved with that because you know we all have to contribute if we want a positive, safe, harmonious, thriving community to live in, don't we? Indeed. And on that point, the, the, the moment there's a community safety survey, if you uh, come into the police station and oh. you scan a little QR code and away you go. And that's another way people can provide some feedback and anonymous stuff. And I'll, I'll try and get that popped into the Sentinel or something like that. Yeah, or so even shoot it through to us and we'll pop it up on our Facebook page and, and website as well so we can do that because it is important stuff. And Absolutely. You, know, you, you can't fix what's not bro- what you don't know is broken. No. So no. if there's a particular issue, well, let's, let's get it out there and let's find a way of uh, fixing it, really. Yeah. Well, that's the bottom line. Yeah. Or offering a solution before it's completely broken. Absolutely. I mean, we yeah. all live in this community, so mm. we've all got quite the stake in making sure it works. And we've all got a responsibility. This is the thing that, you know, we've all got a responsibility to keep everyone safe and thriving. It's not just a responsibility of a handful of people. Everyone lives here that does live here, everyone contributes in some way. Absolutely. So we all have a responsibility to one another. So I hope that people do get involved and, and this is a really positive thing. Well, look, I hope so. Mm. I mean, we've, we've also got the most diverse community in Victoria, so mm. we really need um, to hook into those different groups because all of them will have all different issues and possibly different solutions as well. Absolutely. Absolutely. It was good to see uh, members of Robinvale Police at the footy on Saturday. 
They were. I was, yeah. Had, I sent my troops down there for a bit and uh, uh, I happened to have the day off, but I went down there after cooking a barbie for Network House down at the um, markets. So. Oh, lovely. You're involved in Network House now. They sucked you into that too, have they? Well, I... <laughs> They were, I short of a, they were short of a barbecue cooker, so I was happy to help out. Right. Because so. Sergeant McLaughlin is very heavily involved in Network House, yeah, it isn't is. he? Brett McLaughlin's, uh, I think he might be on the board, in fact, he's, mm. he's, and, and he's really passionate about that. Yep. And yes, they have sucked me in. Yeah, well, um, good. But I really enjoyed it, to be <laughs> yeah. honest. And uh, Ken Cook a Barbie, so. <laughs> I'll be the judge of that. I'll be qualified. So. I will be the judge of that. <laughs> I went a long time where I used to do, I don't have the time to do it anymore, but I used to travel around to different Bunnings in regional Victoria <laughs> reviewing snags of a weekend. Uh, I haven't done it for a while, so probably due to. Right. So, uh, yeah, I will be the judge of that. Although one of the best ones, I will confess, was a... Robinvale Rotary Market snag served in bread from what was then the Deacon Bakery. Oh, yes. Was the best snag I've had at a sausage sizzle, I think, ever. Yep. It was one of Brett's snags, fresh water. <laughs> Delicious. Indeed. Mm. Well, that's great that you're involved with Network House because this is a really valuable resource, I think, and Jack is worth his weight in gold. He is. He's a very passionate man and he mm. seldom stops for, still for very long. No, he doesn't. But he's got he's one of those ones that's got tentacles everywhere and in all sorts of different communities, given his, his, his own ethnicity. Absolutely. He's got, you know, tentacles everywhere, communicates really well, is a great conduit between sort of our Vietnamese community and... And, and, you know, you, me, council, Absolutely. everyone. Um, he's on the board of RDHS too. Yeah, he's a very passionate man mm. and does an enormous amount for the community. Mm. I don't think anyone could possibly know just how much. No, probably not. But, uh, yes, that, that was a good fun. And, and the football, you well, yeah. it was a bloodbath, to be honest. <laughs> it was in the end, it was, wasn't it? <laughs> so, yeah, uh, yeah no, uh, myself and a, and a couple of the other uh, off-duty men from the station went there and had a beer and watched the footy for the afternoon. Fantastic. So. On the hill. Yep. Excellent. Did you see any of the netball? No. No, you didn't, did you? No. Uh, yeah, we really have to fix that. I did notice on Saturday that the Redcliffe senior footballers came over and watched the the A-grade game, which is something I think we could work on at Robinvale. Well, I think that's you know, that's a great idea. Yeah. They, it used to happen at Warrenine. I know when my dad was president, he used to – um, tell he, they were instructed. The senior footballers were instructed to go watch the junior footy and the junior netball before they came in to get changed. So makes a bit of a difference. It's much more of a cohesive club when you support one another. Oh, 100 percent. Yeah, mm. it just builds those relationships and yeah. um, and and that support base, and everyone feels valued and mm. all those things. And and also when you've got a bit of atmosphere there, Redcliffe beat us by three points in the end. That's only their second game that they've won in eight years. Oh, and I yeah, s- yeah I know it hurts, <laughs> but um, but I think the atmosphere helps with 100% that. Percent can. B grade is still undefeated. I will throw that in there. We still haven't been beaten on these new courts of ours. So <laughs> just look, saying. And look, the facilities there are top notch now. That's fantastic yeah, to see. They are really good, aren't they? Although I did get hit in the leg with a football, a flying football that came over the net on Saturday, uh, which is unfortunate. But uh, that could be down to inaccurate kicking. Or it could have been a goal for Umvale and you'd have to cheer nonetheless. Well, well, maybe. Maybe it was. I don't know. I just kind of kicked it off the netball court and kept running. So <laughs> whatever. Senior Sergeant Long, thank you very much for coming in today. It's very much appreciated. No worries. I look forward to our next chat. Yeah, it won't be far away. You'll need to keep us in the loop. Indeed. Is there any other safety issues we need to be aware of before we – any look, other cases been going on? No, not, not at this stage. We, we had a, um, a good arrest um, 
probably a week ago now. Yeah. With some uh, some other units from, from Melbourne that arrested a bloke that was wanted in New South Wales. Oh. Was, he was hiding here. Oh, really? So he was arrested without incident and promptly taken back to New South Wales. So. Oh. Bar Felicia. Indeed. <laughs> <laughs> right, I thank you very much. Very good. Thanks, Jade. That's the Vale Podcast. So it's time to talk about something that we haven't actually spoken about on this podcast before, and we'll get to the insurance thing because that's something we talk about often. But we've got Jesse Medina in the studio now at Mildura Living. How are you, Jesse? Yeah, I'm great, thank you. Thank you for having me on. Oh, look, it's a pleasure. Now, you're an MMA fighter as well as an insurance – are you a salesperson at Elders? Yeah, personal insurance specialist. Okay. Yeah, so I do deal with the home and contents, cars, boats and motorbikes oh. and stuff. Is that what we call it, an insurance specialist? Yeah. Right, okay. <laughs> I suppose if you say I'm an insurance salesman, that's got all sorts of historical yeah, connotations that go with it. It doesn't hey. have a lot of great <laughs> reputation behind it. I suppose it doesn't. But you are an MMA fighter. Yeah. So now I, I'll be honest, I'm a bit of a traditionalist. I used to do like taekwondo and the very single martial arts. Yeah. Tell us a bit, for those of us that are traditionalists, tell us a bit about MMA and how you got into it. Yes. So MMA is a mix of everything. So it does incorporate like that single martial arts like Taekwondo, but it also involves kickboxing, uh, boxing, wrestling, jiu-jitsu, pretty much all martial arts you can it incorporates it in. I started when I was about 16. And I was playing footy during the and during the off season I was just looking for something to do and then I was looking in the yellow pages and I seen so I like cardio kickboxing. I'm like, oh, I'll give that a go, bit of fitness. And then then they offer jiu-jitsu classes. I'm like, oh, can I give that a go? So I, Brazilian jiu-jitsu is like a wrestling sort of class. It's, that quite, it's, it's a bit mad, isn't it? Yeah. It's like very, it looks, when you see someone doing traditional jiu-jitsu, it's almost like a dance in the way. It's very flowing in my experience. I've never yeah. done it. But it kind of looks very different to other martial arts, like traditional, the Asian sorts of martial arts. Bit yeah. more similar to judo, is yeah, it? Yeah, exactly. So it's a lot more contact than mm. a lot of people are used to. To start with, um, people don't realise when you go in there that oh, we're choking each other, yeah. we're trying to yeah. hurt each other, but in a nice way. As such. <laughs> oh, yeah, we're trying to kill each other in <laughs> yeah. a nice way. Yeah. But we're all friends afterwards. Yeah. We're all a family environment, which is great. Yeah, so it's and so I've been doing that for about oh, I've probably been doing it for about nearly fifteen years now. Wow, yeah, been. Now, I've turned into MMA now, so I do a bit of, like, fighting sort of stuff. Yep. Um, been all over, I've been overseas a couple of times. Have you? Yeah, all around Australia. It's been good. So you're obviously in the amateur circuit? I'm professional. Oh, yeah. professional. Oh, excuse me. <laughs> I didn't realise I was sitting at the table with a professional <laughs> MMA fighter. So how, have you, how many titles have you won? I've won one title, mm-hmm. Australian title. I've gone for a few. Haven't been able to get all of them, unfortunately. But I've had about twenty-five, uh, twenty-six professional fights. Have you? Yeah. And out of those, how many have you won? I've won sixteen of them. Wow, yeah. that's good though. Yeah, that's good. that's a majority. Yeah. Like it'd be sad if it was six if, yeah, and twenty. Exactly, you know, wouldn't it, wouldn't, it? it wouldn't be great. <laughs> <laughs> no, well, no, you probably wouldn't still be a professional, really, exactly. would you? So, what's your coming up to a fight? What's your training regime like? It's pretty full. Yeah, <laughs> pretty I reckon. Full on. So, 
Mornings, lunchtimes, nights. I train about three times a day. Three times a yeah. day yeah. and still manage to be an insurance specialist between or do you yeah. take time off work? No, so my typical day probably consists of getting up early, probably about 4.30 in the morning. That's okay. Um, try to get about oh, a few hours of training in the morning. A few hours? Yeah. Cheapers, okay. Then Just at home or are you going to the gym to do these? So I go to the... I go to the gym, I might go for a run, depending on what I need to work on yep. during this camp is what mm. I'll do. Some people might come in, we might do a bit of sparring. Yep. Then I might do something at lunch, it might be a bit of uh, strength and conditioning, mm-hmm. might be a run and then more technical stuff yep. at the at, at the night time. Mm-hmm. So what weight class do you fight at? Uh, so I fight at featherweight, which is 66 kilos. Yep. I'm looking to go down to the lower weight category, 61. So this was my next question. Do you find it easier because you see some fighters that will go up a weight class and they slow down. Their hands are not as quick. Their feet are not as quick when they've got that extra five, six kilos on. Do you Have you fluctuated much in your weight classes and do you find one easier than the other? So, yeah, it is a bit of a that fine balancing act because mm. I fought at 70 kilos before and – I'm not undersized for 70 kilos, but I make 66 kilos pretty easy, a lot easier than a lot of the guys in Australia. Yeah, okay. And I thought, oh, I could I could get to this 61 kilos. So it's, it's going to be a big, big difference though, Jesse. It is a big difference. And I'm starting to just try to work on my diet now. And um, yeah, let's close the feeling a little bit looser. Yeah. Gets, yeah, it's not great. No. <laughs> That's sure. Dieting is not the funnest thing to do. And how's that going to be then coming up to a fight when you're used to – because you, your calorie intake – like you're going to have to be in calorie deficit to get down to 61 Yeah, because there's not much of you as yeah. there is now. <laughs> but to get down to 61, you're going to be in calorie deficit. Yeah. So your energy output is exactly the same without less – taking less in. Is there much – are you going to struggle with that? I think – I. I Deal with a professional dietitian, so yep. he said it's definitely doable. Um, <laughs> it's definitely doable, <laughs> but are you going to win at sixty-one kilos? I think, I think I'll be fine because in the sport of MMA, like boxing, in mm. professional boxing, you get twenty-four hours from the weigh-in to the actual fight, <laughs> so you can so go you, and you eat. eat, drink a lot of water. Yeah. You just like I think. So when I fight at 66 kilos, I'm back up to about 72, 73 kilos the next day. Are you serious? Yeah. Wow. Yeah. That's huge difference, yeah. isn't it? Because you walk in, you weigh in pretty dehydrated. Pretty oh, yeah. Cal- you're calorie deficient, carb yeah. deficient. As soon as you eat, you just put it all back Balloon. on. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So there is a science behind it. Oh, huge. But how long? Because you said you've been doing this for 16 years yeah. now. How long can the human body sustain going through this kind of torment. And it is to like if I say I'm not going to have a beer for a month, yeah. that's torment <laughs> to me. Or if I say I'm not going to have chocolate at night for a week, that's torment to me. Yeah. How long can you sustain doing this to your body? Oh, it is very hard. Yeah, I, I reckon. I, I like food, I think, more than the next person as yeah. well. Um, I don't know how long I'll be doing probably doing it for. Like yeah. it's not an old person sport, I think. It's more of a, a young kid Sports. So I'm about 31 yeah. this year, so that's got, old in fighters' years, yeah, though, isn't exactly. it? Exactly. So I've got about a few years left, so I need to make the most of it. Yeah. Unfortunately, with the little one as well, he's not so little now. He's about nine. He's 
Yeah, right. And it's hard because he's he eats chocolate, and I, I sit there and go, oh, oh, I really want some of that. Or he's got McDonald's. I'm like, I really could get some of that. <sighs> or oh, hot cross buns yeah. at Easter time. Yeah. Oh my There's goodness! Toast, putting fresh toast with honey oh, on yeah. it. Or <laughs> just white bread with butter. Yeah. Like there wouldn't be any of that for nah, you. There's not right, like right leading into it. You could get away with some here and there, but. Mm. So before, let's go back a little bit. When you first got into it, you said you were doing cardio kickboxing. Yep. I don't know of any kickboxing that's not a cardio workout. Yep. It's pretty intense. <laughs> but what was your favourite sort of when you were starting to dabble? Did you have a favourite or you went into MMA because you loved it all and just wanted to do everything? Uh, so I started with the cardio kickboxing, which is it's we're just punching and kicking pads, doing yep. some push-ups. So there's no actual contact. Okay. And then when i done the jiu-jitsu and I, that turned out to be my favourite thing. Okay. I competed – uh, just doing jiu-jitsu competitions, yep. won a few state titles, a couple Australian titles in jiu-jitsu. Great. And then it was like, oh, let's give this MMA thing a go and yep. then started as an amateur. I had, um, I think I had two amateur MMA fights, which I won and yep. then turned professional after that. Wow. Yeah. So hey, you said you've got another fight coming up, did you say? Um, I had one probably about three, looking about three weeks ago, but I got injured. So oh, I'm what did you do? Cracked a rib. Oh, I've had uh, a few injuries, unfortunately. Oh. Well, MMA is brutal, isn't it? Yeah. Like I look at this and, again, being the traditionalist, I go, it's just street fighting in a cage. But it's brutal. Yeah. A lot of – it does look brutal, but there is a lot of technical stuff behind it and the, there is a referee there to make sure everyone is safe. Yeah, but, you know, sometimes there's a referee on the street too. True. They don't make much of a difference. <laughs> Good point. <laughs> so – with it, ribs can take ages yeah. to heal, can't they? Yeah, it's been about six weeks now, so oh. I'm thinking it shouldn't be far off. So I'm looking forward to the next one now. So when's the next fight? Hopefully end of May, start of June, July. That's what I'm looking for. Oh, my yeah. – but you'll still have a cracked rib. Like, ribs take ages. Yeah, we'll see. <laughs> Gee wizard, what do you do for pain management? Because I suppose being a professional fighter, you'd have to be really careful what pills you take. Yeah, so – you can't really take anything. No. Like you just – so I just take vitamins and minerals like calcium tablets and magnesium tablets yeah. just, and just try to stretch a lot more than the average Crazy. person. Massage gun, a lot of recovery that yeah. goes into it. See the masseuse more uh, more times a week than the regular person. Who's your masseuse? I do with um, Lisa Smith. So she's – oh, Lisa Woolard, sorry. She's yep. pretty good. She yep. does all the – Wow. And he's he's pretty good at what she does. Goodness, mate. Well, you know what? Best of luck with it. We'll have to catch up with you again here after um after your next fight and find out find out how you went. So this next fight's gonna be at sixty one kilos. (laughs) Yeah. It's going to be rough. Gosh. Right, we're gonna take a quick break and we'll be back with uh, Justin and Jesse. Thanks for listening to the Vale Podcast. If you'd like to help us out. You can simply give us a five-star review on Apple Podcasts or perhaps your company would like to financially support us. There are now a couple of ways for you to do this. You can buy some advertising sponsorship from as little as $100 per month or you can now make fully tax-deductible donations via Functional Arts. Head to the website to find out more, thevalepodcast.com.au. The Vale Podcast. So we're here at the workshop creative today at Mildura Living and we're talking to the guys from Elders Insurance, but not Grant, who had professed to me last time I saw him that Charlie, who is in New York at the moment, is his man crush. 
Justin, how are you? Oh, I'm well, thanks. Yeah. Are you devastated to hear that you're not Grant's man crush? Oh, I am. I'm a fair way down that ladder, I think. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> We've got a few others in the office that are probably a bit yeah, higher than myself. Jesse, maybe? 100%. <laughs> oh, I don't know. I think we're about equal at the moment. <laughs> oh, really? Why? What have you done? Oh, I don't know. What have you done to upset Grant? It's not what I've done. It's Justin's pretty great. <laughs> oh, really? <laughs> it's wow. Hard to, it's hard to get above him. Wow. Is this what we're here for? Just to pretty. pat each other on the back? Yeah. Oh, we do a lot of that in the <laughs> office. <Yeah. laughs> so what, um, what's been going on at Elvis? Now, what section? We know that Jesse is personal insurance, a yep. personal insurance specialist. We've clarified that. Yes. What's your specialty? Um, I tend to do more of the business and farm type of things. Oh, mm. right. Okay. Yeah. Interesting. So do you look after, although I know Donnie is looked after by Grant a lot of the time, um, but do you have a lot of uh, growers in the region that you look after specifically? Um, yeah, so a couple yeah, around mm. here and sort of down to Owen Way, Underball, that yep. type of thing. So ah. we cover a fair area between different branches, so down Victor Harbour, Broken Hill. Wow, I think, yeah. down to Victor Harbour. Mm. That's so, a long way. Yeah, so we've got a chap, Adam, down there. Yes, goes great guns down there. And uh, Simon, one of the directors, so he gets in the plane and he sort of gets right up to the Queensland border and things. And yeah. Wow, so, it's a big area, isn't it? Absolutely. Is mm. there – so do – you guys, as far as, like we're talking about farm insurance, do you concentrate on a specific area of farming, whether it's dry land and then there's another another specialist for horticulture? How does it work? Um, yeah, we sort of all fall in or find our own niches. Yeah, okay. So we find um, some of the team are great with stations and that type of thing, mm. some with crops, uh, yep. some with the grapes and viticulture and that type of thing, and then even within business. So. Um, Various businesses, some might go well with transport companies and that type of thing. Others might be small business that I yep. tend to do a lot of. Okay. Yeah, so we've all sort of got our little area that you tend to fall in by default. Yeah. Um, which is great too, to then pick the brains of others. So if you ever get stuck or something or you come across something tricky, someone yep. somewhere has got some knowledge on it, mm. which, is, yeah, which is excellent. Have you seen much of a shift over the last two years as far as small business goes and what they're looking for in terms of security and protection? Um, oh, it's probably been great the last two years. Not great for everyone. Mm, not uh, great. In general, no. But for people to review their insurance, it's yeah. been good. And then we get calls where people just want to make sure everything's up to scratch. Yep. And we find the sum insured amounts have been the big thing. Mm. So just to make sure they've got things right dollar-wise. So a building that might have cost $500,000 five years ago is worth a fair bit more now to rebuild. Oh, yeah. So, yeah, just to get customers across that rather than have something burned down. And all of a sudden they're stuck a fair whack of money out of pocket. Yeah. And um, yeah, and they're disheartened. Yeah. It's yeah. um I think with all the floods sort of through New South Wales at the moment and the inability of some areas to not be able to get flood insurance. Yes. It sort of highlights it and I'm quite vigilant. I'm like to think I'm overinsured in every aspect of my life. But it's something that like people get complacent with their insurance, don't they? They oh. just kind of let it tick over and tick over and don't really worry about it and don't do anything about it from year to year. Mm, absolutely. And we're all guilty of it. So well, it used to be the same. So yeah. I've been with elders now uh, about two years. You and came from Win that, TV, didn't you? I was, yeah, Win yeah. TV. Yeah. See, I know what's going on. You are in the know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So I had a stint there and, um, yeah, but I was the same the Insurance renewal would come in, an envelope would sit on the kitchen bench, mm -hmm. tear it open, maybe look at it, maybe not. Yeah, look at um, it and go, that's too much and pay it anyway. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> much like you do with your rates notice. Yeah. yeah. But then these last couple of years, so a lot of people actually sat down and read it, mm. which has been great. And mm. um, even the personal insurance stuff, well, Jesse probably mentioned it, that people have gone through and 
I suppose not being able to travel. Mm. A lot seem to have bought caravans and things and they're spending more time locally. Yeah. And when they go to ensure that, then they'll review all their other bits and pieces as well. And yeah. Make sure things are all done correctly. Yeah. Mm. So when we're talking about the personal insurance and caravans, does that fall under that personal insurance umbrella? Yeah. So this is uh, – I've got a little Canva trailer, right? And it, it wasn't, it's not an expensive one. It's just a Jayco Eagle and I love it. But it's insured <laughs> because it has to be in, – well, I figure it has to be insured. But my husband said to me, why on earth would you have insurance for that? Well, what happens if it burns down or the house burns down or the shed burns down where it's kept? These are – and some of these caravans that you see drive – like on my way here today, you see these caravans that are worth hundreds of thousands of dollars and these RVs – People need to insure them, don't they? Yeah, like with the caravans, like you said, they are some expensive ones coming on the market oh, as yeah. well. And even with the little ones as well, it's sometimes it's not about replacing the caravan. It's what could happen if, like, the liability mm. from, from it? So a lot of people think, oh, I'll just buy a new one. It's like, well, if you hit somebody and don't have insurance, how are you going to? Good point. Yeah, how are you going to really pay for that? Really good point. Like if I hit a Ferrari, I can't afford to fix that. Like, <laughs> what do you mean? You're a professional fighter. Of course you can. <laughs> I mean, no, of course you can. <laughs> That's a really good point though that you make because when he said, why would you insure that? I'm like, mate, I've got your life insured. Why wouldn't I insure the caravan? Exactly. Yeah, yeah. but the, the liability side of things, which actually is a, a good point we should highlight. We see a lot of – and this is a small business thing, I guess – we see a lot of businesses like the Aquacoaster. Now, you can confirm or deny I'm only going off, you know, rumour, but the rumour was that that closed down because insurance had got so expensive for a small business like that that's seasonal or whatever, they couldn't insure it. Is that Would that be right? Mm, oh, it could be. So, um, yeah, I'm not sure you don't know. in mm. that example. But, yeah. Um, yeah, sometimes with insurers they might specialise in certain risks. Yep. So there could be specific schemes out there and insurers that can help with certain industries and mm. things. Um, but yeah, it's just a matter of finding what is out there. Sometimes an insurer will say, "Look, that sort of that's not we haven't got any appetite for that sort of risk. Yeah. Uh, it's not our cup of tea." Yeah. So they'll leave it for others. Um, some things like jumping castles and things like where there's recent sort of accident not yeah. that long ago with that. Um, so they're the type of things that can be pretty hard to source some cover for. Yeah. But, um, and even things like that, like the jumping castles, an interesting one because we've seen all types of changes with, with jumping castles. And a lot of the times, like the Lions Club in Robinvale, for example, they're the guys that have the jumping castle yeah. in Robinvale and it goes to the school fates and to the market days and church fairs and things like that. But they've obviously had to go through all of this paperwork, all of this compliance and their insurance premiums gone through the roof. Mm. You obviously being an insurance specialist will sit down and help them go through that kind of thing if that's what they need to do. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. Mm. And try and source some terms or some cover and see how it pans out. Yeah. And, and hopefully the premium's not. Yeah. Because yeah. the Lions Club are often not versed in how to go about this the right way. Mm. So, you know, they need some help, I guess. Mm. And same thing with personal insurance. Yeah. You know, the average Joe, me, for example, <laughs> just kind of, you know, will see a meerkat on the TV and go, oh, yeah, we'll compare the market and see what comes up. Not a great idea. In my experience, that hasn't been a great idea. Confirm or deny, Jesse? <laughs> <laughs> no comment. <laughs> no, but that's not where, like, sort of our point of difference at Elders is. Is you're actually not more, a meerkat, not, and we're, we're not, not taking <laughs> not taking advice from animals. <laughs> but yeah, we got like you can walk into the office and have a chat to us about our insurance, what you are covered for. You can give us a call. You always talk to the same person every time you call up it's not a call center you're yeah. dealing local mm. as well so then we can well a lot of people aren't 
sure what they're covered for. So when we've had a few instances where people come in and they go, I'm not sure what we're covered for. Mm. And then we go, well, this is our quote. This is what you can be covered for. And we just run them through what they, like we compare their policies and we just run them through like worst case scenarios and examples of claims and stuff that might happen as well and sort of give them the information to make an informative decision. So not selling, just giving the information. Exactly. That's what we like. <laughs> Guys, thank you very much for coming in today. It's been a very informative chat and we'll have to get you in on a more regular basis um, to talk about all sorts of different yeah, things. Yeah, that'd be good. Yeah. Thanks there's, for having us. There's lots of different aspects to this insurance thing and like you said, you know, we're all guilty of just leaving the, the renewal notice on the kitchen table and mm. not really doing anything about it. So, But it is important, especially when things go wrong and things go wrong. 100%. Thanks very much, guys. We'll talk to you next time. Thank you. Thank you. Thanks for listening to the Vale Podcast. Find more local stories in Mildura Living Magazine.